0: That, it's so funny because I never know the words to anything. The other day I was trying to sing a nursery rhyme. I was holding Leia like a baby and I was like, hush, little baby, don't say a word. And I knew that part. And then I go, mama. And Nick just started cackling because he's like, what? What are you going to do when we have children? What is this? What are these? We should play don't
1: forget the lyrics. Oh, that's a fun Patreon. We should do that on Patreon where I will we choose l- songs or things and then the other person pulls up the lyrics and we see how much you get right or what you get wrong.
0: I promise you I will know maybe two words. I will play, but I can promise you right now it I will okay. be I will be terrible. It will be probably very funny for everyone to watch. <laughs> as long as other people can it gets some joy out of my, oh, I'm sure I'm um, out of my lack of talent.
1: I've always wondered. I'm sure they have it like a teleprompter up with the words, but when. Jimmy Fallon has celebrities or singers on, and they have to sing different lullabies or random songs yeah. in the style of like doing doing impressions. I've yeah. always wondered how they all know the lyrics, but Maybe yeah, there's probably like is a teleprompter. Teleprompter. I'm yeah. sure you're not alone. I I also forget a lot of words. I realized the other day as I was confidently singing Feliz Navidad that I probably don't know most of those and am making up Spanish words.
0: That yes, you know what? As long as you're having fun and just enjoying yourself, that's all that matters. Who cares if you know the words or the tune? Because I don't know either.
1: This is a safe space over here at Two Girls, One Ghost. Oh,
0: yeah. Hi. Intro. Intro to us. We are – hello. Two Girls, One Ghost. This is Two (laughs) Girls. And we are your ghostesses. That's Corinne. And I'm Sabrina. And this is our holiday episode of the year. As many of you know, maybe you don't know, and this is news to you, we take two weeks of the entire year off. And it is the two weeks between Christmas and New Year's. So this is the last episode of the year 2022, which is wild. um, It is. But also very exciting and hopefully brings some holiday cheer to you or fear. I don't know. And then we will start the new year. I don't know. Well, I don't know how the new year will start because apparently I'm going (laughs) through my Saturn return and I'm... (laughs) (gasps) <gasps> falling apart
1: Wait. did you see our inbox i have to say I did. okay so I did. we recorded campfire stories last night and sabrina was talking about her saturn return and in the chat someone had a bunch of people were like making little jokes and saying little things but who was it oh carmen wrote oh god good luck in the mm-hmm. chat and i think you you brought it up and you were <laughs> like oh my gosh like you read what carmen said and sweet carmen she <laughs> she sent us an email this morning and was like, I feel really bad about saying that. Like, Saturn Return is no joke. Yeah. So it's not. I mean, I don't know anything
0: about it, but you do a little bit. Well, I don't know much about it except for that sucks. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So Carmen pointed this out in her email to us that while the Saturn return is very difficult, and for those of you who don't, don't know what it is, I don't really know much about it. My therapist basically was like, girl, you're going through your Saturn return as I'm like
1: bawling on her couch. And also, you have such a cool witchy therapist. I love this. Well, I have
0: like 10 therapists, and they're all pretty witchy. So, But it's great. We were like talking tarot the other day. But – She was saying, so every like 29 to 31 years, the stars realign in the exact positioning of the alignment when you were born. So Mm -hmm. it's supposed to signify rebirth, change, which often comes at the cost of it being very difficult, but the end results, like when you come out of it on the other side, it is supposed to be optimistic and positive change and growth. So I'm, he, I I'm uh I'm in the at the beginning. Ah! <laughs> you're,
1: you're you're swirling down the toilet right now. The tornado has got Being me <laughs> flushed on down,
0: <laughs> gripping at the sides. Yeah, but um, it. Yeah. How long does the Saturn return last? Do we know this? It's a good question, and I would like to know because so then a good it would make me feel like I have something to look forward to. Well. <laughs>
1: Happy holidays, everybody.
0: <laughs> no, you know what? I think 2023 will be a very good year and we could talk about our resolutions uh, next Yeah, episode. and we get to
1: read, okay, actually, oh, shoot, this would have been, you know what, we'll do it January 1st. That will be our, our callback. But I was going to say we should have also looked back on the year at what our very first episode had said. Because remember, <gasps> it was we were looking up, yours was bad. And you were like, what? What? And it's true. <laughs> It was true. Well, we can do that in January if we'll take a we'll take yeah. a little gander. But <laughs> <For> <laughs> I now. think that means that next year is gonna be epic. I but hope we'll so. we'll tie up the rest of the year in a bow because this is the holidays. Yeah, so a positivity
0: enjoy. And, and you know what? I know the holidays are not always easy for everyone. So what we want to say is that we love you. We're here for you. If you are alone this holiday or if you don't know what to do, reach out to our phantom community because it is the best freaking community that exists. In the world and i say that very confidently because yes i've just i almost feel like we are part of the community that you have created and i've just seen we've seen so much love and like camaraderie come out of it
1: and yeah people find a lot of support yeah people have found romantic partners yeah oh my gosh best friends yeah so many things there's also so we have our facebook group which is awesome other groups are running like offshoot Facebook groups like uh, a book club and a coven and a bunch of places for you to go. But I will also say on our Discord, we have amazing moderators who set up a bunch of different channels. And I was reading through the channel called Vent, where people can just like vent all of their feelings and emotions and like get support and advice. And it was, I was tearing up. I was oh like, this gosh. is, especially on the internet, having a space where there, wa- there were no, it's no judgment. Exactly. Like, yeah. that's so rare yeah. to find. And so it was – it did make me feel good to see that yeah.
0: happening. Oh, that's beautiful. Ugh, so well, there's people here. We love you all. And, you know, if you uh, need something to do, listen to these ghost stories and distract yes. yourself. Go on a walk. I don't know. Paint some pictures. I'm, I'm also in my therapy. We're talking about, like, channeling your – or not channeling, like, nurturing your inner child – and mm-hmm. so there's all these exercises and one of them is like to make a mess. And the two things that they recommend, one of them is to like finger paint. So, which oh. sounds just so much fun. And then the other one that does is to go to like a grocery store like a buffet, like whole foods, like the whole, whole foods um buffet. Get a bunch of food that you would normally eat with utensils, bring it home and eat it all with your hands.
1: Oh. The Lomain just mm-hmm. pulling up the noodles. And just wow. have you done it yet? No. <laughs> <laughs> do it. I'm in
0: therapy for like twelve hours a week. I don't have time yet. I will do it. <laughs> okay. Okay.
1: Do it during like your your lunch.
0: Yeah, that's go run to Whole
1: Foods or yeah.
0: or like wherever
1: you're spending time or working or
0: Yeah. I know near we just, therapy. I know we just did um a paint night on our patreon live stream but we should do a finger painting night that would be fun okay
1: 2023 finger painting i love that speaking now, of patreon
0: live is just my way to like do my
1: therapies it's it's we're just doing therapy with you sabrina <laughs> and you led our last paint night too like I you did. were the instructor so it's funny yeah. that like you're doing your own therapy but as the instructor you're yeah. the leader yeah Take um, i Aaron. have to everyone else some things to tell you sabrina <gasps> ghost stories not Not ghost stories. Better. Oh. I met multiple phantoms in the past week and a half. Crazy. Okay. Stop. So. How? Where? What? When? Who? First stop, I walked into Boston Fiber Company in the south end in Boston because I decided I was going to take up crocheting. (laughs) (laughs) And I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know what anything meant on the guide that I bought. And so Mm -hmm. I walked into the store and there was one person sitting there crocheting and they look up and I just look and I said, hi, I have no idea what I'm doing. And they were like, okay, that's fine. And they got up and they started to help me. And then they said, you look so familiar. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know why. Anyway, as we were walking through The store, and they were helping me pick everything out. Their name is Sarah, by the way, and I think they own Boston Fiber Company. (gasps) I started to think to myself, I wonder if it's my voice that they recognize. And then I was like, God, that's so (laughs) weird of me to think. Like, I'm no one. Like, how dare I think that someone would recognize my voice? Like, who? Well, but that's I happened. Think someone knows you. That's so happened, happened before,
0: like, though. People have heard yeah, you, like talking. But I was talking like myself down
1: because I was like, I don't want to. Like I, I, that just makes me feel like an I don't know snobby. Right. So, but you do
0: have a very unique voice and a very unique
1: laugh. Like beautiful. Like
0: it's oh, memorable. Soprano. Thank you.
1: <laughs> anyway, long story short, I left with the things that I needed and immediately went to a coffee shop. And went on Boston Boston Fiber Company's Instagram, found Sarah. Oh my god! Saw that Sarah follows Two Girls on Ghost, and I DM'd her. And I was like, "Sorry, <laughs> sorry, I'm awkward and also a stalker." <laughs> anyway, so I met Sarah. Sarah was great, and they also do uh like crochet and sip nights or like Fun. sew and sip nights every other Thursday. So I'm definitely gonna go to one of those. We should. Sarah was like, "Oh, we should talk ghost stories one day." And I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Okay, so then a few days later. I am at my friend Kelsey's 30th birthday. Uh-huh. And my friend Zach from home, from high school, because a bunch of people from high school w- came into town for it, he walks in with his girlfriend. And I mm-hmm. go up to like say hi to Zach and introduce myself to his girlfriend. And she goes, Corinne from Two Girls, One Ghost. And I was like, oh, that's so funny. I looked up at Zach, like, oh, did you like tell her? And he goes, she listened to the, you guys before I met her. So she, she was OG. Her name is April. Oh Shout out, April. Yeah. April got to watch me drink a little too much and sing karaoke, so. (laughs) Getting real intimate. (laughs) Yes. And then I just met someone else named Sarah at Terrain. I literally stopped. Okay, so anthropology has that. Oh, okay. Anthropology has like an offshoot store. So I met two Sarahs in April, by the way, if anyone's getting confused about why I'm saying the same name. Anthro has an offshoot store called Terrain, which is all like. Right now, it's a lot of ornaments, and it's mostly, like, plants and outdoor stuff, and it's just really beautiful, and there's a cafe, and it's in Connecticut, the nearest Mm -hmm. one to Boston. Happened to be on my way, basically, from Brian's parents' house in New Jersey to Boston, and so I made Brian stop I didn't make them. I just said, can we stop? <laughs> let said just yes. check it out. So we stopped so I could buy ornaments and get a latte. And that's where I met Sarah. Who also wasn't from over – like was from an hour away. So it was just how really you, odd that did, we were there the same exact time. How did you meet her? What was the – She walked you? up to me. Well, actually, Brian would be upset if I didn't point this out. She spotted Brian and recognized Brian from photos and then saw that I was there. Oh, my okay, God. And Brian – So Brian's famous. Oh. But, yeah, oh, she was there with so her cool. boyfriend also shopping. Yeah. Wow. It was awesome. Brian was super excited that he got recognized. He got seen. <laughs> he got seen. Wow. But, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Every single time I was like, I wish Sabrina was here with me. I wish Sabrina was, too. Corinne in the wild. Two girls yeah. and ghosts in the wild. This is – that is so cool. I you mean, gotta I got to start taking
0: selfies with people and texting them, too. It also adds just to the community that we have we – have. again, like, we have not built it. We are a part of – this is just yeah. – it makes me so happy that it exists and that we have all of these friends. And I hope people, like, really do believe us. Like, when we say – when we meet you or when we talk to you, when we read your emails, when we interact with you on Campfire Stories, it, it feels like we're, we're talking to our friends. And I feel like we yeah. – they say that you have, like, a couple, you know, traveling souls. I
1: feel like it's a universe of traveling souls. It's everybody. Souls. Well, it's home? funny because when Sarah came up to me in terrain, I was, like, sipping my latte and, like, looked over. And she was like, is your name Corinne? And I must have looked crazy because instead of just saying, like, oh, yes, I went, yes. <laughs> and I, like, approached her like a crazed Hello. demon. I was like, yes. Oh, my God. Oh, no! <laughs> I'm In the Come wild. Here. <laughs> Come here. Come here. And then we took a picture. We were, like, arm in arm. And then I, like, smooshed my face on the counter. So, yeah, we do feel excited and like we all know each other and we're friends and we love you guys
0: we do we love you all okay time for a christmas tale so i think the way we're gonna do this is corinne you're gonna get us in the Christmassy mood and i'm gonna get us into the like what the heck does this have to do with the holidays kind of christmas (laughs) what are you doing sabrina mood
1: okay so it was like uh this is our our holiday episode, but Sabrina's going to give herself the gift that she wants, which is to do whatever <laughs> she wants. For the episode. I will say it. It very much started out. So I, I, when I, I was
0: doing like research of like Christmas and holiday related hauntings, and this very much ha- my thing very much has a Christmas portion, but element two sentences. <laughs> oh. <laughs> And then, then there's so much more to it. Anyway, it's great. Okay. I am well, excited That's about great.
1: It. Yeah. It's a way to like, you know, it, we're acknowledging that the holidays are here, but also reminding you guys that this is a scary podcast at times. So mm-hmm. we're going to talk about more than just jingle bells and chestnuts. We're going
0: to talk about demons.
1: No, I'm not actually. <laughs> I actually am not. Back to the demon month. <laughs> no. So many people were haunted from that, us included. We had so to stop halfway through. So, uh, I am going to begin us with uh telling you about a place called Igiskov Castle, which is the way that I butcher it as an English speaker, but I believe after listening to about a hundred videos of Danish people pronouncing it, it's called Ishkov Castle. So okay. wait, I love that I we might both did castles. Oh, we did? Yeah. They're very Christmassy, aren't they? Yeah. They're magical. Okay, well, Nikki, our listener, emailed us and told us about this place. Oh. So I was like, okay, well, this sounds super interesting. So I added it to our our tracker and slated it for right now, which is perfect because Eshkov Castle. Also, sorry to all the Danish people. I know I'm doing a horrible job at (laughs) this. You're trying. I'm trying. Okay. Eshkov Castle is located in Denmark, built in 1554. It is Europe's best preserved Renaissance water castle, which means it's surrounded by a moat. A water castle is a castle with water on all sides. It's literally an island with a moat. I it's love like, that. what a dream. It's like, that's you know? what you imagine when you think of a castle. A castle with a moat, especially yeah. because I think a lot of moats have probably been filled in in history. But I hate when someone says, oh, it's a castle with a moat, and then it's like only the front yard has a little slip. I'm like, that's a pool. (laughs) That's just a pool. I could still get to your castle. I can traverse this pool. Anyhow. Yeah. Yes. So this castle, surrounded entirely by a moat still, it's 16 feet deep. It is a late Gothic-style castle with unbelievable gardens and fountains and topiary figurines and – Sundials, and there's an English garden, a fuchsia garden, a water garden, an herb garden, a vegetable garden, wow. a peasant's garden, lots of gardens. Okay, sounds and beautiful. And there are so beautiful, so beautiful. I meant to copy and paste a photo into here to show you, but maybe I'll put one here <laughs> in YouTube. You're on YouTube. So, there you go. There are four hedge mazes <gasps> and even the world's largest bamboo maze. There's a bamboo Can you- maze. Yes, and these things are old and they're tall. Like the hedge mazes, mazes are really old, and so they they'll trim them every year to make sure that they don't die. But I mean, can you imagine wandering through those, getting Wait, lost in them, playing hide and seek? Yes, in those. Yes, giving very like secret garden vibes. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Did you ever watch yeah. or read that? Read. Yeah. That's how. That's how I'm feeling. Okay, but despite all of its beauty, the castle was built kind of for bloodshed. Oh. So prior to the gardens and the manicured lawns and the farms being developed, the original owner, a Danish nobleman in the king's inner circle, he was scared that he and his home would be attacked due to the civil unrest that came with the Protestant Reformation. Like many other noblemen, he sought to fortify his home. So basically everybody that was like in cahoots with the king or high up or like had a military position Or something within the court, they were basically like at risk of people who were rebelling to come and attack them, kill them, steal stuff, whatever. Mm. So, well, not whatever. It's scary, but (laughs) (laughs) like what? No, no worries. Lots of worries actually. So much terror. 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 So much so that he sought to to fortify his home and in the place where his home was, he instead – it took 15 years to construct Eshkov Castle and made this huge castle with the moat around it to basically like protect him and his family. Eshkov Castle is called Eshkov because uh, that means – basically roughly translates to oak forest in Danish. That's beautiful. And that makes sense because it was neatly tucked amongst a really large – forest of oak trees. So it's only more recently in the past, like couple centuries been cleared out to create all of these gardens and farmland, but it was like, it was the castle in the woods. I love that you described it as neatly tucked, like as opposed to messily tucked. Like (laughs) The stones were all perfectly in place. (laughs) But yes, it was neatly tucked and the moat was around it. So it was like all forest, then a moat. Mm -hmm. And at the time, the only way to get from the land to the castle was if the castle brought down its drawbridge. So it was like mm. very, you know, authentic moat castle I feel situation. feel like medieval timesy. Yeah. It very much was. The castle consists of two buildings. A long, thick double wall of stone connects the two buildings. And now one of those buildings is like not – it's not within the moat. So I guess mm-hmm. you could get to it in numerous ways. But uh, this double thick wall of stone would connect the two buildings and would allow the owner, or likely, if we're being realistic, like the staff of the home, to move to the other building if the first one was attacked and continue to defend the castle from there. So it was basically their version of, an not an escape room, what are they called? The the safe room. A safe room. I was like, a safe room. Yes. A safe room. A safe room. It was like they were thinking about ways to continue to defend themselves even if one of the structures was overcome with whoever was attacking. Smart. So this connecting wall also contained secret stairwells (gasps) and a well. My dream. Right? Yes. I mean, can you imagine? I don't ever – I've never played paintball, nor (laughs) do I plan to because I'm afraid of getting (gasps) – shot with something that hurts. But I feel like this would be the most epic place to play paintball, right? Like between all of the mazes and the secret stairwells and like popping up and going under and all these like hidden trap doors and whatever, like
0: Ah, what a dream! Yeah, I feel like the the less destructive and less um, vandaliz- vandalizing version of it would be hide and seek or like laser tag in this place.
1: Laser tag. Oh, that would be a good one. Yeah, laser tag. Yeah, they should. Have you ever that seen that? Would be. F- did you fun. ever
0: watch Community? No, because no. they every season did a massive paintball episode. Like it was a part of their. It was like the the paintball episode every season.
1: Oh, that's funny. Yeah. No, I haven't seen it. I think that they filmed a bunch at Chapman University though. If I'm not oh, mistaken. Probably. Okay. So the two structures and the wall were equipped with medieval defenses like cannons, arrow slits, and scalding holes, which I had to look up what a scalding hole yeah, was. Yeah, what is that? But basically, is that where they pour like melted fire? Yeah, exactly. There's these holes either built on the side of the wall or like literally in the floor where people could pour stuff down or like drop heavy stones or like Whoa. boiling oil or whatever onto whoever is below. So basically like these things are set up to drop things on people who are at the bottom of the fort, like basically about to gain entry. So it's like it's almost like, a last defense.
0: There's some part of me that so badly, if there was a time machine or a way to go back in time, wants to know what it was like to live during this period of time. But then you hear stories like this and you go to like the medieval right? torture museums and you're like, eh, eh, mm. Do I really want that? Because the chances
1: of me living longer than like two
0: hours is
1: pretty <laughs> no low. Chance. Right? Well, that's not why glitches in the matrix are kind of scary because what if you don't (gasps) survive your glitch? What if you die in your glitch? What if you die in your glitch? Because it's making me think of that one person that we read an email of who was visiting a castle and went back and was like in the barn and in the kitchen and being yelled at to like go up the stairs when they were younger. So they were a child. So maybe a little bit less of a risk of just – yeah, Or maybe more. I don't know. I mean, it's like Outlander. Yep. What if you die in your glitch? Terrifying. Mm. We can't all be – Magic tree House, Christmas at Camelot. It's not all wonderful and, and nice. And it, apparently they were anticipating it not being so nice here. So clearly tensions were high when the when the structure was built. And the owner, Franz Brockenhus, was ready for a fight. But to my knowledge, I don't think a fight ever came. Okay. I don't think they ever had to use any of that stuff. Maybe I'm wrong. I do not know. But when he passed away, his son lords inherited the castle and then in very textbook gothic fairy tale fashion lords he locked his daughter away in one of the castle rooms after discovering that she was pregnant oh no so her name was rigborg i'm sh- i know i'm butchering these names. that's okay i i will follow suit with my story as well okay i i don't know okay but, but we'll, we'll call her r for the sake okay. of me not butchering it a thousand times So she was visiting someone else and did get impregnated in wedlock, out of wedlock. And so basically, like, everybody was horribly upset with her. She was sentenced to be locked away in her room for all of her life. It was a life sentence. Another reason I wouldn't actually want to travel back in time. Yep. I know. Isn't that wild? And then the guy who – her lover, he was supposed to get a couple – fingers cut off, but then they ended up not cutting off his fingers. And then he was, I think, in prison, but then he wasn't in prison anymore because he was also used in the military and an astronomer called upon him. And there was like, you know, there was a bunch of stuff. So Apparently he he eventually came out fine. I think, of course, but for a long time but the woman gets she locked was locked, in locked a room away forever. She was locked away in her room. It was supposed to be forever. So there's some discrepancies in terms of the timeline and how long she spent in her room. But what I heard was when R when R- Rigborg Rikborg gave birth. She had given birth to a son, and then she, she had to give her son to her family. So she had to, like, open the door, oh, give her child, and then the door is closed upon her again, and she is locked in this room while her child and the rest of her family get to live their life on the outside. This is, like – it's also so Rapunzel. Like, someone save this, this woman. Someone save her. I mean, I feel like – I actually did look up if Rapunzel or Sleeping Beauty or any of those fairy tales that have similar themes – were written by Danish authors, but I think they're mostly German authors mm-hmm. and Austrian authors. But I mean, I think that just goes to say that like this is probably normal. Like to us, it feels yeah. so horrible, but like maybe that was a regular sentence that people got at the time. Yeah. I mean, we see, we still treat women pretty badly. So it's not, it does not really surprise me. Yeah. So discrepancies as to whether this was like a total of five years in the castle or if it was more. But what I read was that. Eight years later, after being locked away in this room, she was allowed to leave to attend church once a week. So after eight years of spending time entirely in one room, she was allowed to leave just for a few hours once a week. And then eight years after that, her mother got permission for her to be transferred to a convent and to live there for the rest of her life. So way better option for her than being trapped in a room. And then Jeez. 27 some years after she was locked away, she finally got to reunite with her son. Oh. So she did meet him again. Ugh. But still, atrocities. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, talk
0: about like so many traumas and so much heartbreak. And at yeah. that point, it's like, oh,
1: gosh, so much damage has been done at that point. Oh, absolutely. I mean, how horrible. And it's kind of ironic too, right? That, that at this castle, it was built to keep the danger and the horror on the outside and yet there was so really, much. the danger and the horror was happening within. Yeah, that's basically what we're here to talk about. What happened within its walls? So now that we know, so how much the Christmas, is set up, so holiday cheer. <laughs> we're getting to Christmas. It's not good though. <laughs> okay, the families who have purchased or inherited Eshkov Castle have brought with them this worrisome lore of a doll in the attic. Nope, this doll does exist. Oh, so it's not. Just lore. It's real. It is a wooden man who lays in the castle's attic, just beneath the tower spire. Precariously perched on a pillow on top of the rafters. Its face is turned away, staring blankly at the wall. It is large. It's the size of a child. And apparently, it is cursed.
0: Why? Why is this doll here?
1: Why is it still there? Why did they bring it with them? Right? Okay, so if you're watching on YouTube or if you want to go check out our Instagram, uh, I do have a picture that I'm about to show right now of the wooden man. Oh. Oh, it's so much bigger than I thought. It's very large. It's very creepy. It's missing its arms and it's – well, part of its arms. And it's missing its feet, so it's just like wooden stumps. Mm-hmm. It's altogether very creepy. And apparently it's cursed too, right? So it's like aside from just being strange, it's it's cursed. And no one knows how the doll got there. That's one of the big oh. mysteries. Wait. So this
0: family that o- owned and purchased the castle didn't bring it with them. Like they they no.
1: came and they found this doll up there. Mm-hmm. That's even yeah. Worse. So it's been it's been inherited by a bunch of people, and then I think it's changed to different families twice. So I think there's been three families in total who've lived there. I could be missing a fourth. But, yeah, no one knows how the doll got there, who brought the doll there. It makes it worse. It does. Uh, but what they do know is that removing this wooden man is not a good idea. <laughs> because <laughs> legend goes that if the wooden man is removed from its cushion on the rafters, the castle will sink into the moat on Christmas Eve. Very Very specific. And also, All
0: how do they know that? Like it must mean that they've tried to
1: remove the doll and the castle began to sink, and so they put it back. Yeah, or maybe maybe even there was like some sort of curse bestowed upon this doll mm. and them. Or like I'm even thinking like a little voodoo-esque, right? Like right. maybe someone who worked in the castle was had experienced such horrors that they sought out someone who could help them curse this family or curse the house and they place the doll there i don't know we don't who knows sometimes when i see life-size dolls like that
0: i wonder if they are real like they're not dolls they're humans that have been like preserved in a specific way and there's some twisted person who did that how house of wax of you how disturbing me actually (laughs) i i watched a tiktok recently that was like if we really just said what we were thinking and one of the things was like, oh, like, look how cute these kids playing soccer is. And the, like, girl was like, yeah, I just want to go out there and trip all of them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Intrusive thoughts. Intrusive thoughts. Just say what you
0: mean. Just say, like, the other day I was, I, I don't know if I've said this, but the other day I was filling water in, like, a pasta pot and my brain goes, stick your head under the faucet. And I like so badly was like, what if I just did the things that my brain told me to do?
1: Right. I think about that whenever the stovetop is hot because I'm always like put my hand on the – Hot yeah. stove. Or like and a also, restaurant where
0: they hand like a heights, hot plate to you and they're like, Oh yeah, don't touch it. It's hot. And it's like, well now I need to.
1: And you have to do it. I mean, it's the same reason my kids stick their tongue on on frozen poles, right? It's like, <laughs> you know, you're not supposed to do it. You know it's gonna be bad. But some something in you is saying, Do it. Do, do it, it, do it, do it, just try it. I mean, that's why I'm afraid of heights. I'm not actually afraid of heights. I'm not afraid of falling. I'm afraid of Yeating you don't trust yourself. Yeah. I, I'm afraid of losing control and yep. Yep. Every single time. I also am afraid of that with trains, with cars. Like every time I cross the road, I'm like, what if I just throw myself in front yes. of this giant truck that that's, that's going all the time. by? Yeah, yeah. It's scary. And then sometimes I like feel a little flutter in my heart. Like the adrenaline starts pumping. I'm like, oh my God, am I about to do it? And then I like freak out. I have to like lay on the ground. What if you become it's like scary. an adrenaline junkie? <laughs> I think I give myself adrenaline enough by the dark thoughts. <laughs> I get adrenaline like just, just like Sabrina. opening the, the door to the outside world. I'm like, <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> let's
0: go back inside. Maybe I should be agoraphobic.
1: You're turning into a cat. I think it's uh, a. I would love to be a cat. Okay. So no one knows how the doll got there. What we do know is that the lore says, the legend says, That the castle will sink on Christmas Eve into the moat should someone remove the wooden man. This has terrified occupants of the castle for centuries. Many generations of families did not spend time at the castle during Christmas. I mean, I feel like if you know that this exists, probably best to just avoid said place
0: during that Yeah, you
1: don't want to risk the wooden man being removed or sinking you and your whole family, right? Although it's a bummer.
0: I mean, granted, these people, maybe they own multiple castles. I don't know. If I owned one castle, I'd really want to spend Christmas there. Because mm-hmm. Christmas in the Castle sounds like a Hallmark movie, probably is, or a Netflix Christmas movie, but like that feels magical and
1: Christmassy and holiday. Yes. Well, okay, but there's some there's some evidence, I guess, as to why some people shouldn't. Okay. And that is uh that one person it well, it is said that one countess didn't quite believe this prophecy and decided to lend the wooden man to a museum. Oh my gosh. And the castle as soon as the wooden man was gone from his little cushion in the rafters like uh, the turret it's it's at the very top of that he apparently the curse was was triggered and the castle began to creak, the walls began to shake and the countess was so taken aback by by all of this that after just 14 days, went to the museum or the curator who she had lent the wooden man to and grabbed the doll back, replaced the doll mm-hmm. where the wooden man is supposed to be. And apparently all of the uh, creaking and the shaking, everything stopped immediately. So there was no more cracking or collapse.
0: I will say, Risk at the castle. As creepy as dolls are and hearing, and especially this doll, like it looks really creepy. How freaking cool that this doll is literally single-handedly keeping a castle from crumbling. Maybe it's not a curse. Maybe it's a blessing that that doll is there.
1: Wow. How how a Christmas miracle of you, (laughs) too. When you wish upon a star, when you wish upon the wooden doll, he will protect you. Yeah. Unless you remove him. Unless you remove him. You know, that's a really lovely way to think about it. But it's still, I think if he were smaller, I would (laughs) not be as scared. But it's the fact that he's like the size of a six-year-old that really is freaking me out.
0: I, I will say, if I ever get turned into a doll, I hope I have abilities like this doll rather than an Annabelle. Like, I'd rather be able to yes. hold up, like, he's holding up a, like, civilization of a castle. Like, that is cool. That Most people cool. can't do that in their normal
1: lives. Although, Sabrina, not to make it negative again. <laughs> Because I, I am enjoying Friday for the first right time ever. That you're, yeah, you're being positive <laughs> when it comes <laughs> to paranormal. But there is no indication in this castle that it it's it's not actively crumbling. Like there's nothing. It's not like he's the glue holding these precariously placed pieces together. Mm-hmm. It is it's sound. Like, it is fine. So I think he is actually making it crumble. Okay. But
0: only if he's removed. But only if he's removed. It's like so what he's not first, removed. the chicken or the egg?
1: Exactly. Yes. He sits there collecting dust mm-hmm. in the dark spire attic. And the current family who lives there has found a way to make peace with him on Christmas so that they don't have to leave for the holidays. I think that they're the first family that's ever actually stayed in the castle during the holidays. So the current family, what they do is they do this Danish festive tradition of leaving out rice pudding for the niece, which are elves that are very active during Christmas and who you do not want on your bad side. So basically, they treat the Count and his family who live there now, they treat the one man like a niece, like a house elf. And I feel like this is make the nutcracker. Rice pudding. Is it?
0: I don't know. I mean, like in the nutcracker, there's like the rats and mice that come to life, and the nutcracker comes to life, and it's Christmassy, and it's all happening in this like beautiful manner.
1: And you dance with the sugar plum? Mm-hmm. Yes. Hmm. Although the nutcracker. I do have have some issues with a young girl being taken from <laughs> her bed in the middle of the night to dance with a – A man. Adult man. Yes, uh, definitely. Anywho, <laughs> they do place this, this bowl of rice pudding in the attic next to the wooden man during Christmas. And so far, no creaks, no shaking of walls. Everything's fine. So they've made peace. I
0: wonder – it's kind of like okay. leaving cookies out for
1: Santa. Like – Does
0: the doll eat the rice pudding?
1: Huh. That's a good question. I wonder if a little bit does go missing. And if it does, are they like, oh, it must be the mice. But actually, it's the doll. It's the doll. Mm. Ooh, I just got a little chill. Freaked me out. I love rice pudding. It's me Astro, projecting to eat it. Brian did tell me, because my fiance, Brian, is Danish, that one of their traditions, I don't know if this is the Danish tradition or his tradition, is you make the rice pudding and then there's one nut in the pudding and you have to basically like eat until someone finds the nut. And then oh. whoever finds the nut gets a present.
0: It's kind of like the French tradition where there's like the little like Jesus baby in the bread or the cake. Oh, why oh, I'm blanking on what that's called. I don't know what it's called.
1: Ugh. It's French. I should know this.
0: I feel disappointed. I don't know. What is it, Nick? Marie Antoinette? No, I don't know. What's the cake with the little doll inside of it and whoever gets it gets a prize? It's during Mardi Gras. Yeah, we don't know.
1: That's okay. There's plenty of things where you <laughs> eat things and find treasures inside and get a prize. Food apparently. is treasure. That is the treasure. We love that. <laughs> People are creative. Okay, so. The Wooden Man, though completely creepy, is not the only paranormal anomaly occurring in e- Ishkov Castle. It's a castle. Of course. Of course. There's a white lady. The legend goes that a woman was locked in the tower of this castle, which is like, how much of a legend is that? We know some of that to be true. Yeah. And one Christmas night, the door was unlocked. Taking this opportunity, what might be her only opportunity to escape, this woman ran from the room, still dressed in her nightgown, leaping out of the window oh. into the moat, screaming as she descended <gasps> into the cold, dark water below where she drowned. Oh, no. Horrible. Horrible. Some people believe this lady in white is actually the spirit of Rijborg. Yeah. Rijbosh, Rish? the daughter the granddaughter. <laughs> yep. with My- yep. Matthew. The-, the-, the granddaughter of the That's how I sing owner. music. It- I get it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but if we remember the story, she never leapt from the castle. She lived the majority of her life elsewhere as well. Unless that's what they told everyone. Oh, Oh, what a dark thought. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. That's dark. Thanks. (laughs) I'm back. (laughs) She's back. Back from different – actually, maybe we do need to look at you a little – Closer because you defended the wooden man, really, and now, now you're coming up with horrible uh, – this poor woman. She already, like, lived a horrible life and now yeah. we're like, what if she was killed and lived forever in the castle? It's well, possible, though. It's possible. It a is. weak
0: life that she lived and
1: it was – there probably was no escape. No. I'm sure there wasn't. So sad. It sounds awful. Yeah. Well, okay, so people are theorizing, like, maybe it's her, this woman, mm-hmm. who is – the lady in white that is seen but then also i'm like there could be someone else but then at the same time i'm kind of like like you're saying sabrina thinking about the trauma that happened there and i'm like okay is this like a residual haunting from the amount of time she spent locked away in this castle or could this be the the event that that happened to her which was like being held captive basically for upwards of five to 16 years depending on what you look at That could have been so incredibly traumatic that a part of her soul splintered off. And that is what is haunting Mm. here. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, from what we know about
0: spirits, it's very possible because – what she experienced was horrific and traumatic. Right. That I would not be surprised if part of her soul – I mean, like, I disassociate just because of everyday normal life. And if I had been trapped in a castle tower my whole life, I imagine so much of my soul would be left behind.
1: Yeah, It does make me wonder, too, now, if, if part of a soul is left behind and splinters off. Well, I think I'm answering my own question at the same time <laughs> as I'm asking it. But I was, I was going to say – Could that soul, piece of your soul, like act independently and create its own haunting? So basically I'm like... Okay, well, maybe this woman, she never got the chance to run off and leap into the boat and escape. But maybe she Mm -hmm. wanted it so badly that the part of her soul that's left behind is doing the things that she thought about doing all the time as a means to escape. And that's why people have supposedly seen this happen. And that's where the legend has come from. interesting. Yeah. But then also I feel like the answer could be yes, because the Bell Witch, that's the whole backstory of the Bell Witch, basically, where someone was so – such, a, like, a spiteful – part of them was so spiteful that when they passed, that spiteful piece became its own, like, beast that haunted the neighbor. Right. It's very fascinating. Very fascinating. All righty. So, clearly, some haunted history here. Some potential spirits on the property. But also, this place, Eshkov Castle, has remarkable museums and collections. The current owner has opened up the castle to visitors – So you can go and you can see these amazing and historic artifacts inside, like Titania's Palace, which is a miniature magical dollhouse, ironically created by a man who was over six foot five, which is funny to think about such a large person working in miniature, like doing miniature work.
0: That's kind of beautiful. I like.
1: Yes. His name was Sir Neville Wilkinson. And then the dollhouse is actually huge. It's the world's largest, biggest dollhouse with over 3,000 unique objects inside and a bunch of little like cultural items from all over the world, which I I just view as like an eye spy, like find this from this country, find that from that country. So I think that's very cool. But he had created it inspired by the character, the Queen of the Fairies and her family in Shakespeare's *A Midsummer Night's Dream*. Alrighty, the castle also has on display a doll made by Hans Christian Andersen, the famous author who wrote so many, so many creepy fairy tales. Yeah, like uh, *Little Mermaid*. Whoa,
0: this princess in cool. the pea. I didn't know he was the, the ugly duckling. doll maker too.
1: Yep. Yeah. Totally. Oh, I wrote. He wrote Thumbelina. Which is so great because it's like the dollhouse for a fairy and then the guy born in that town who became a famous author also wrote a story for a fairy. I think it's just cool. And then there's also an exhibition of historical dresses including a partial dress worn by Marie Antoinette. Wait, how so weird that Nick so yelled things. Marie
0: Antoinette moments ago and
1: earlier. He yeah. knew he must have been picking up on something. Yeah, there's so much here. So like, I just pulled out some of the the things that maybe I would want to see or you would want to see yeah. when we were here. But they've got so many exhibits. There's like antique cars and planes Whoa. and motorcycles and everything. There's something like a for everyone. A, Casket for Dracula, which re- I don't know why it's there. This castle has absolutely nothing to do with Transylvania or Dracula. Yeah, but, but vampires in a castle just it makes sense. It's cool. Yeah, there's a ton of stuff, and for the holiday season, they have a Christmas market. So there are oh more gosh. than a hundred market stalls with delicacies and decorations. There are vintage cars and airplanes, over a mile of garlands. And mulled wine in the cafe. Yes. Christmas songs are playing overhead. The castle's long dining table is eloquently decorated by the princess. And, of course, there are the castle elves, Gorm, Thyra, and Harold for the kids to meet, which I think sounds so freaking fun. I love that. I'm Christmas markets are maybe my favorite thing that exists. I've never gotten to go. I want to go never? so bad. There's probably no, so many never. in Boston. You should find one. Oh, oh, sorry. I was thinking like European Christmas markets. Oh, oh, oh. No, yeah. No, any, no I've, any been to, I've been to Christmas market. markets. Yeah. I've been to a Christmas market, but I want to yeah. go to like Germany or Spain yeah. and go to those Christmas markets. Okay, let's go. Let's do it. See you then. So if you do plan on going to Eshkov Castle, do note that many of the exhibits, if you go during Christmas, they are closed for the Christmas market season. So if you want to see the exhibits, you'll have to go another time. But for the Christmas market season, they're closed, perhaps to protect visitors from... Removing the wooden man around Christmas.
0: Can you go and see the wooden doll or is that part of the castle closed off?
1: I think you can. From what I read, there's a toy exhibit. Mm. And if you go through the toy exhibit, which includes old toys and dolls, so I'm sure the whole thing is pretty creepy. Yeah. I believe you can – Can go up into the spire or into the area where you can see the wooden doll from afar. I don't think you can get up close to it. Interesting. Okay. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, because I'm imagining it kind of like Robert the doll, where he's encased just because, well, one, probably best not to upset him. And then two, well, he was like running around the museum when it was not enclosed. But I get nervous, like, if it's just, like, a, out there that someone would yeah. touch it or do something to it. I don't know.
1: Right. Upside. I know. You want to protect it because, obviously, it could mean the castle's going down Yeah, it's removed. But so far, the rice pudding is working and no one's removing the doll. So that's fine. Lovely. That's It's great. all good.
0: We should do a Christmas castle tour. I mean, yes. Who would say no to that? <laughs> I know. But the only question is, like, this is the same thing with Halloween, where there's so many places in the world where they have Halloween Day-specific traditions like the Mm. one church I think it's in Spain where if you go around the church 13 times on Halloween at a specific time like you transport to a different time and then like you can't do them all on one day
1: but I want to (laughs) I know I know. And then it just makes me wish that Halloween Town or like Christmas Town were real, where it was like, we get to do these things all year round. Because even holiday festivals or like Halloween festivals, it's like these two weekends a year and everybody does everything during October. So you can't go to everything. Yeah. Unless you're a vampire and then you live forever and then you can go to everything.
0: My dream. Yeah. Although then it's like, if it were all year round, would we appreciate it as much? Probably
1: not. Definitely not. Yeah. Because that's one of the things that I struggled with when I lived in LA was not having the differentiation of seasons. Like the clear, now there's yeah. snow. Now there's like magical twinkly lights with icicles coming off of them. Now there's yeah. skiing and snowboarding and mold wine. Like I-, I want things to feel really different because then it feels special and then you get excited. Yeah. But when it's the same thing every year, yeah, you're right. Although I'd still wish to live in Halloween. Town. I would take that. Me too.
0: Because like you, could, you could can still we, get the different seasons and stuff in Halloween Town. Like Halloween Town, they true. celebrate the ho- the other holidays.
1: That's true. That's true. It's a good place to be. Yeah. If, if only we could get there. <laughs> I was gonna say if it existed, but I don't want to say that because that makes it sound like I don't believe that it could exist. And I mm-hmm. definitely believe that there's some version out there somewhere that could exist. That does exist? Yeah.
0: Okay. I am going to be talking about Wawel Castle, which if you want to look it up, it is spelled W-A-W-E-L. It is in Krakow, Poland. Krakow, Poland is one of the oldest cities dating all the way back to the 7th century, the Stone Age. And it began as a tiny hamlet, which is not even a town. It was like, you know, before a town could be established but quickly became a massive and busy trading center and has grown into the second biggest city in all of Poland present day. It was the official capital of Poland until 1596 when Warsaw came on in and swooped the title. Mm. But Krakow is filled with economic successes, cultural beauty, artistic life, and is even cited as one of the most beautiful cities in Europe. There is so much history about Krakow, Poland. I can't get into all of it because this episode would then be like eight parts. It was greatly impacted and impactful during World War II. First non Italian pope in 455 years, who was the Archbishop of Krakow, was like from, yeah, like brought up as a pope. Oh, cool. Are not the right terms. It's a beautiful. Sounds right to me. (laughs) (laughs) And it's about to get better, Corinne. Everyone, hold on to your butts. Ghosts, you too. Get situated, Krakow is also home to the Wawel Castle, one of the first sites in the world granted status as a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Krakow is also home to vampires and a mm. dragon. That's right. What? A mother flippin' ghost. Well, it's not a ghost dragon, but a dragon.
1: Oh, I was like, <laughs> whoa, a ghost dragon. <laughs> well, maybe. I mean, I honestly, don't know. though, I feel like a, a regular dragon is almost cooler than a ghost dragon well, because it, then yes. it, it's there.
0: It was very much gotcha. a real dragon, and maybe the ghost still exists. And you might wonder, you might be like, Sabrina, like, what does this have to do with Christmas? And I, like I said in the early on, most of it doesn't. <laughs> but haunted castles, vampires, and dragons is the best. It's better than a wrapped present that you could ever have. So it, it is a gift. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and as the song goes, all I want for Christmas is a haunted castle, vampire sucking my blood, and dragons that threaten and curse an entire civilization of humanity.
1: Right? <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. See, you need to write out the lyrics for us so that those of us who don't know your version of the song don't have to sing the <laughs> version. Okay, wait. All I want for Christmas is
0: a haunted castle, vampire sucking my blood, and dragons that threaten and curse an entire civilization of humanity. <laughs> Let's like mix that. (laughs) High whistle tones. Yeah. Going viral on TikTok with that one.
1: (laughs) We're not viral yet,
0: so we'll see if that one goes. So as a disclaimer, The Vampire of Krakow is a very, very lengthy story. And so I actually put in our Excel that I want to revisit it because there's two parts Of it. And it's so fascinating, but I wanted to focus more on Vaval Castle and the story that has to do with Christmas. But I would love to give a little vampire teaser. And it's kind of like a, I feel like I say this a lot, an amuse bouche for you. And I will give you the entree at a later date. Okay. So basically, there was a man who seemed normal who enjoyed murdering and drinking the blood of his victims in Krakow. Eek. And then separately, there was an entire grave filled with multiple bodies that were dismembered in a specific way, and they were believed to be vampires. And so those are the teasers. Whoa. Yes.
1: Well, what a horrible teaser to to give me, because now I want the whole thing. I will give you the whole thing eventually.
0: Okay. But there's a lot to be loved. There's still a lot of gifts in this episode. Okay. Okay. So we're going to start with Vavell Hill, which is sitting at 228 meters above sea level. It has a high vantage point, which makes it the perfect place to overlook the surrounding areas. And, you know, like you were talking with your castle, when it's medieval times, it's the Stone Age, there's a lot of potential threats from other Mm -hmm. civilizations, from dragons, so many things. So you want to be at the highest vantage point to potentially be safe. It is situated on the bank of the Vistual River and is surrounded by water and marshes. Wawel Hill is a Jurassic limestone outcropping that formed about 150 million years ago and is one of the most dominant features in Krakow today. The Vavel Hill is home to the Vavel Castle, but long ago, before the castle, dating all the way back to the 7th century, Vavel Hill was inhabited by the Slavic peoples, but they were not alone. There were many dangers and many threats posed to the people of Vavel Hill. One, in particular, threatened their very existence, and still to this day, threatens humanity's existence.
1: What?! A dragon. Oh, the dragon, okay. So the dragon was a bad dragon. It wasn't a good
0: dragon. It was not. What's the show? What's the How movie? to Train Your Dragon? How to Train Your Dragon? It Game is of Thrones. Not like that. It is not Game of Thrones. There is no rider. This is the dragon of Wawel Hill. So, as the story goes, in the 13th century, a terrible, bloodthirsty dragon plagued the city of Krakow. The terrible and cruel beast dwelled in the depths of Wawel Hill in a cave. And every day, the dragon would tear through the town, leaving a path of destruction, killing civilians, pillaging their homes, eating livestock, and apparently targeted young maidens. As if we don't have it hard enough. <sighs> the dragon searched for human blood. The people of Vaville were like, we got to do something. And so they started to, basically they bartered a
1: deal with this dragon.
0: They are like, every week we will give you a supply of cattle. That you can eat, but um, leave us alone.
1: Not me thinking pierogies. I thought that <laughs> that makes more sense. I was like, I don't know. What, what would be a good Polish food? Cattle. That makes sense. Here, dragon, have some potato pierogies
0: with caramel dumplings. <laughs> well, now you're making Delicious. me hungry. So the dragon was like, okay, this is a sweet deal. I don't even have to do any work. The cattle gets brought to me. But. How much cattle can there be to feed a dragon? And if you're feeding this dragon, it is living and thriving and surviving. And it's getting bigger and bigger and wants more and more. And the cattle supply is dwindling. So what are they going to do? Great warriors from all over the realm came to fight the great dragon, all of them failing, becoming an afternoon snack for the Vavel dragon. Which, Ooh, to me, man. felt very like King Arthur Excalibur's sword, where it's like all oh, these people oh. from all over the realm are coming to try to like – prove their talents and their strength and their skills and they all fail. They also do that in Shrek. They do. do this, <laughs> this, is, this is very Shrek. You're right. <laughs> so now the people are again like how do we survive? So they turn to their king, King Crack, who is the founder of Krakow and plead. They're like, please, please, please help us find a solution to killing and slaying this evil dragon. So the king turns to his two sons. He has an older son. I, so the, the, I think that the breakdown ooh, the breakdown of the family is older son, middle son, younger daughter. So it's three kids, two boys, one woman. Okay. So these two sons are like, Yes, father, I will slay the dragon. But these two brothers get very competitive with one another. And instead of never good teaming up with one another, they decide, well, I'm gonna kill the dragon first. Uh no, I'm gonna kill the dragon first. Well, yeah, let's see if you kill well. them. <laughs> Her
1: facial expressions, so good.
0: <laughs> I am an actor, so they basically are like each independently. Here's older, here's younger. I want fame, I want notoriety, I want to go down in history books. Here's younger, I want fame, I want notoriety, I want all the maidens in the world to know that I am strongest man in the world and I've slayed a dragon. So they start, you know, plotting and planning on their own. One or the other couldn't be both of them apparently, and. Then, now this is a very long time ago, so what actually happened is unclear, but there are different legends and stories told by different people, probably told by whoever side they were on. Mm-hmm. The version of the story that I most often saw and found in my research is that the eldest son of King Crack decided to bring the weekly ration of cattle to the dragon, but he had done something very, very smart he had basically stuffed the cows with sulfur so they were decoy cows they're not real and the dragon devoured the cattle yummy scammidilamptious you know he's like mm looking at his chops he's like do-do-do, i'm going to go about on my merry way when all of a sudden his eyes start bulging his throat gets constricted he turns and he looks back to the king's son what did you do <laughs> <laughs> and the dragon
1: dropped dead <laughs> The eldest son had killed the dragon. Oh man. But firstborn as if they couldn't already be more loved. <laughs> but the youngest son was like,
0: "Damn it. I will not stand for this." <laughs> and so, he since he couldn't slay the dragon, he slayed his brother. And then oh, he what? and then he took credit for slaying the dragon. He's like, Haha, "See, I did it." But then everyone's like, "Okay, well, cool, the dragon's dead, but how did your how did your older brother die? Because like the dragon didn't bite him, like his head's chopped off with a sword. I don't know if that's how he died.
1: But yeah. Basically. Clear indications that it wasn't- It wasn't dragon murder. Also, if the dragon killed him, don't you think there'd, there'd be body parts everywhere? Or there would be no body. Mm-hmm. It's
0: kind of like when I eat Taco Bell, there is no trace of anything. No trace, baby. I basically Except eat it. Except for later, when you go into <laughs> the bathroom. In the
1: bathroom.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other problem. Um, call a plumber. Anyway. Uh- <laughs> Oh, I love this podcast. Um, Okay. (laughs) So the dragon's dead, but so is the eldest son. And he's, you know, he was supposed to be the heir to the throne. And so all the people are like, great. One of our murderous problems was handled, but now we have a new one in the form of the king's son, who now that the eldest son is dead is now the potential heir to the throne. And we we just can't have more murderous things happening. So the youngest Mm -hmm. son gets exiled from Krakow leaving the youngest daughter, Princess Wanda, the heir to the throne. And Wanda was the last child of King Crack and now the heir to the throne. And this is just really sad because this family just completely falls apart, all because of this dragon slaying. So King Crack is like, okay, I want my daughter to marry this strong German knight. And I don't really know what happened, but basically Wanda did not want to marry this man. She was so desperate to get out of this arrangement, which makes me think that this man was not a good man, that she very sadly, tragically drowned herself in the river below Vavel Hill.
1: See, that's so upsetting, too. I mean, I understand from the, the father's perspective, just having no awareness is to basically subjecting his daughter to the type of person that his own sons were. Like, the yes. the biggest, the strongest, the most competitive. Like, yeah. how about instead of strongest, we do mentally strongest? Who's the most emotionally mature here? That's who you should put her with. Not you the know. people that are, like, fighting each other with swords and chopping their heads off.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Let's go back in
1: time. <laughs> Rewrite history. And Therapize everybody.
0: Yes. Okay, so this is, you know, pretty tragic and sad, but the, the dragon's gone. And, like, the dragon's threat of so- on society was over, right? No. Because <laughs> the dragon, in fact, is still very much threatening our existence. today. Now? The bones today? Of the- yeah, today. Today, the bones of the supposed dragon are hanging on a chain in front of the Vaval Cathedral, which is atop Vaval Hill. And legend has it that the world will come to an end if and when the bones fall to the ground. (gasps)
1: Oh my gosh. Wait,
0: the bones are there from the drop. Let me show you a picture. Yeah. So this is, it looks like one bone.
1: Whoa. That's so cool. Maybe there there are three bones, but they're, you know, suspended by thick metal chains. But I wonder if they've ever allowed anybody to do testing on the bone. Oh, that would be
0: fascinating.
1: Just curious about it.
0: And now, you know, listen, some of you are probably saying, Sabrina, Corinne, dragons aren't real. And to you, I say, Up! (laughs) Off with your
1: heads. Off Off with your your heads. Shh, shh, shh. We just go, shh. Shh. We don't need to know that. Shh. Shh. Keep it to yourself. Some thoughts are better on the inside. Shh. Get out of (laughs) here. But, for those of you
0: nay dragon sayers, there is some belief that the story of the Vavell dragon actually correlates to the political state at the time. It's a historical allegory, if you will. Apparently, the dragon is the symbol of the presence of the Avars on Vavel Hill in the second half of the sixth century, and the victims devoured by the beast symbolize those who had been killed by the Avars and trip like a tribute to them. Anywho, after the defeat of the dragon and the Krakow monarchy continued on, there was Casimir, the heir to the throne. And when he was a young boy, he reportedly went into the dragon's cave and found a glowing stone, which is said to have contained magical energy that to this day protects Krakow from invasion and harm. It's kind of like the doll in your castle. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. if the stone is removed, I don't know where the stone is today, but it's Apparently still exists and is keeping Krakow safe. Wow! So the Dragon's Cave is said to still exist in the Wawel Hill below the castle, on the property edge of the Vistula River, and can be visited. There is even a metal sculpture of a dragon with seven heads outside of the cave entrance that breathes fire every few minutes, kind of (gasps) like the fire at you know the dragon at Harry Potter world.
1: Yes! Oh my gosh! Wait, that's so cool! Yeah. We need to hear if anyone, if any of our listeners have been there. Yes. I'm dying to see some pictures and videos. Uh, I didn't. Oh, actually, there are
0: pictures that you can find. I didn't save any in here. But after the years of the dragon, the Vavell Royal Castle was commissioned and built atop the hill and... Basically on top of the dragon's cave, which people are like, "Oh, it's asserting dominance over the dragon." You know, being on top of it. Mm-hmm. And it was built in the 14th century and expanded for the next hundreds of years. It was commissioned by King Casimir III. This is his name, King Casimir III the Great.
1: Oh, lots of okay, yeah. Um, it's kind of like why not the green, Great at the beginning? The Great. Oh, interesting. King Casimir III, right? That, Doesn't that sound a little bit better? That does sound better. Too late. <laughs> Too late for him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the castle consists of many structures, all from different periods and architecture styles situated around an Italian-styled main courtyard. And it's interesting because yeah. it has like – it's one of the largest castles in Poland, but it has a bunch of different influences. So it's medieval influences, Renaissance influences, Baroque influences, which you would think would be a bit conflicting and, and all over yeah. the place, but it's stunning. Like it, whoever designed this and built this castle knew what they were doing. It's kind of like when – You go into someone's home and it's super eclectic, but it makes so much sense.
1: Yes. 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 Yeah. Maximalism. It's a special skill. it, It really, really is.
0: Absolutely. So among the castle structures is the Vavel Chapel where many of the monarchs were crowned and then buried. In fact, there is a cursed tomb of a king in this very chapel. Back in 1970, a group of 12 researchers opened the tomb of King Casimir IV and just three years later four of the 12 researchers died mysteriously. So everyone was like, there was a curse that was unleashed upon them. Yeah. And everyone was afraid that the other eight researchers were going to die. But more recently, and I don't know specifically what year, but there was a microbiology study done to find out what actually happened to these researchers. So they did this study and they found out that opening the tomb actually released this strange bacteria that was unfortunately fatal to those four unlucky researchers. It's so oh. like what's that movie Raiders of the Last – Art? No, oh, I haven't seen that.
1: Wait, what? What Are am I thinking? Thinking of? Indiana Jones? Yeah, Indiana Jones and the Mummy. The Mummy. That's what I'm thinking of. And the Mummy. That's so interesting. Oh my god, I'd be shitting myself if I were one of the other eight researchers. I know, but it's just like waiting to see if I die. But it's a
0: rare bacteria that there was no way at the time to know was being released. But the fact that certain Mm -hmm. immune systems were more susceptible to it. Yeah. Today, Wawel Castle is one of the country's premier art museums. And there have been many kings who sat in the Polish throne. And it should be no surprise that there are many ghosts haunting the Wawel Castle and Cathedral. There are three ghosts said to haunt the Cathedral specifically. Bishop Jan Grot is said to keep order in the church and haunts anyone who steps on his grave. He is oh. known to scare tourists if they are acting inappropriately on the castle grounds.
1: <gasps> I wonder what he deems as inappropriate.
0: Yeah. There was, like, one story where someone was, like, laughing at a photo or something, like a, a portrait, and – um. He got yelled at
1: by this ghost. Right. Yeah, because he's like, you know, he's older. He's from another time. He's more Mm -hmm. traditional. There's going to be things that happen in modern day that are normal that he probably is like, poo-poo. And so...
0: Yeah, I wonder what he thinks of selfie sticks. I nervous.
1: Yes. Ooh. Yeah, what an insult.
0: The other two ghosts are also former bishops who... Apparently, sadly, are doing penance in the penance in the cathedral, and are asking visitors mm. to pray for them. So I don't necessarily <gasps> know what happened to them in their lives for them to feel like they need to be prayed for. I don't know. But then there's the white lady of the castle, because what is a haunted castle without a white lady, Corinne? It's obviously not a. It's castle. not a castle then. <laughs> There has to be a white lady. It's like a prerequisite in order to, like, receive the title castle is haunted by a white lady.
1: White, gray, red lady. One of the three, and you're
0: good. And you're good. You get the stamp. Okay, so this white lady's name is Barbara, and she was the beloved wife of King Sigismund August. She very sadly died shortly after they were wed, and the king desperately wanted to see his wife again, so he called upon someone to help bring her spirit back. So whatever the equivalent of, like, a witch doctor or a medium during that time. Mm-hmm. So they prepared the ritual, and the king was told by this spiritual um, connections medium – I'll just say medium – That when Barbara's spirit comes through, he is not supposed to move. Like, basically, we're sitting at a table. If Barbara comes through, do not move. Do not make any sudden movements. But this king was so desperate to see his beloved wife that when he saw her spirit, he ran at her and tried to embrace her. That makes me so sad. And apparently, that action trapped Barbara between the worlds of the living and the dead. So she spends... Her eternity Chills. strolling Vavel Hill. Although, okay. Can you imagine? My thing though is, is she really trapped or is she – does she choose to be here? Because I've never heard that before, that moving when a spirit comes is going to trap them. Right. Like m- maybe she stayed because she wanted to be with him and perhaps his spirit's here too and we just, you know, we don't see him as often. Maybe Barbara just likes mm-hmm. to take strolls around so sh- so more people see her. But the king likes to just like, I don't know, put his feet up and lay in bed.
1: Yeah. 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 Like the Don Cesar Hotel with yeah. the couple that now yeah. strolls the beach and hangs out at the hotel. Perhaps they do have a love story in the afterlife. Perhaps I do. Okay. There's another haunting
0: legend at Vavell Castle, and I kind of love this one. So there's a room called the Envoy's Room, which is where the audiences and trials took place in the castle. And on the wall, it has a series of tiny head sculptures that are portraits of different nobles and kings from history in Poland. But one of these heads is a little different than all the other ones because it has its mouth gagged and bound. Mm. And it dates back to King Sigismund's August time, so the guy whose wife Barbara died. And I'll tell you the story in a second, but I just want to show you the picture. So you can see all of them have – they're all fine, but do you see the bottom right? His mouth is bound. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So the story goes that one day a merchant in the hall who was selling beautiful belts was robbed. And a thief came and stole one of these belts. And, you know, a chase ensued. People were like, grab that thief before they get away. And the thief must have known that if they were caught with the belt, it would have been over for them. So they drop the belt and take off. But then this poor woman sees the belt on the ground and assumes... That someone dropped it and that the owner of the belt misplaced it. So she picks it up and she's trying to find the owner, but she gets caught with the belt. And so everyone accuses her of stealing it.
1: No. And
0: they bring her to the king. And when she gets there, the king refuses to let her speak and like accuses her of the crime. So she's sentenced to prison, but she's so desperate and frustrated that she finally shouts, If no one wants to stand up for me, let those wooden heads speak at least. The ones that are on the wall, because mm-hmm. they are like the kings of the past. And suddenly, silence fell over the room, and one of the heads came to life and said, Rex August, Iuduca, aust. I probably said that wrong, but in Latin, it translates to, Judge fairly, King
1: Augustus. Whoa. Holy and then crap. The- Which basically means she's innocent because if some if a talking head comes back from the grave to say judge fairly, that means whatever you were thinking is wrong.
0: Yeah, how cool? That's an
1: interesting threat as a king too. Like, yeah, the only person that can threaten you as a king it would be another king, right? Right.
0: So they didn't say they had to be alive. No, and the king is super offended. He's like, "This was my decision." But, you know, all of the people are overhearing this. So he kind of has to make action based on what happened. So he sends his people to go to the market to investigate further. And they realize that this woman was not responsible for stealing the belt. And they found a lot of witnesses who could testify that they saw the man steal it and throw it away. So basically the case was thrown out. But the king was unhappy that he was challenged in such a way that he ordered To gag the talking head so that he could never interfere with his judgment again.
1: What? Oh, my God. That is not – okay. I – (laughs) <laughs> I did not see that happening as the reason for the talking head being gagged. That's incredible, though, and still to this day he is gagged. Which I'm, I think, I, I love the story. Don't get me wrong, but let the man talk. And I'm yeah, curious, does literally. he have more to say? And also, he's he's on the other side. He has more wisdom than you. He yes. knows more than you. Isn't yes. that a dream to have an advisor who had your job before you and understands everything, but also has the the wisdom and the knowledge and and hopefully like. No longer has the, what's the word I'm looking for? Basically, like, the ego of when they were alive. They could put those things beside and and tell you what you really should do. That would be great. But ego, you know? Ego. Get stuff, everybody. Okay. And my last story, and the reason we are
0: all here, a Christmas-related ghost story. It is said that every Christmas Eve, the ghosts of the former kings meet in the basement of Vavel Castle and debate for hours the fate of Poland. Huh. At the head of the table sits Bolsla Trowbry, who was the first crown king of Poland, and they talk into the late hours of the night. While Santa flies overhead delivering toys and presents and gifts to all the good little boys and girls, the kings debate and be merry together. And apparently they just, like, spend hours. I imagine, like, a big conference table or, like, a big stone table, very Game of Thronesy. all these ghosts mm-hmm. are just, like, Whoa. How's it been on the other side? What have you been up to? (laughs) Oh, let's get down to business. What's happening in Poland? Anyway. How's your great, 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 great (laughs) granddaughter? (laughs) Oh, I'm disappointed with the man she chose.
1: She (laughs) she deserves better. Another king is like, that's my great, 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 great grandson. What are you
0: saying? speak about him that way. He had a tough life.
1: And at some point,
0: this big knight which I imagine is like kind of like the um, – what was the guy in Game of Thrones who was kind of like a zombie and he always wore his – why am I blanking on his name? Oh, you're yeah, asking the, mount, the mountain? The mountain? I think that was his name. Anyway, I imagine like you never see his face or features. He kind of comes in clink clanging with his metal um, armor and says, Is it time, my lord? And at this point, Bolsaw will reply, No, not yet. And then everything disappears. I'm not sure who has seen or heard this – interaction or in the reunion but right it apparently happens every year and so you know how the knight asks is it time yet my lord people are like what does that mean apparently there is lore that when it is time when the old king decides it is time there is an enchanted army that is <gasps> sleeping in the mountains nearby of krakow and you near know, the dragon perhaps or there's another mountain range i think it might be in but they it is said that they will awake and fight during a crucial critical time in poland and help protect poland but only when the kings decide it is time
1: that feels like there's a spiritual war coming then doesn't it like something something unleashed some sort of curse some sort of like demon where that you do need that sort of spiritual army an army of ghosts to help you. Holy crap. Yes. Man, how, do, how has no one set up cameras or something to like catch EVPs here? I don't know, but I'm sure there's got to – I mean, for this to be known, for this to be fact, or a story that is told, someone has had to experience it. Mm, right. I yeah. Who. It also feels like if you, if you tried to make a show of it or like if you did try to investigate it, that perhaps the spirits would be so insulted for you eavesdropping on the king's court and then mm. ba- maybe they would – move locations or not do it again interesting so yeah i would feel as much as i want the evps i would feel nervous intentionally sending someone i think yeah whoever saw it must have accidentally stumbled upon it and also what if like the human intrusion or living human intrusion causes the king to be like it's
0: time but it's not actually time and then the enchanted army is unleashed oh my god
1: i mean i don't know what that would look like but it doesn't (laughs) sound (laughs) great. sounds (laughs) scary i don't know maybe the enchanted army is
0: a good thing maybe we will need it when they are
1: unleashed yeah i mean in the lifetime we're living so much shit is hitting the fan so i actually wouldn't be surprised if something like this happens while we're still alive
0: Mm -hmm. right yeah i mean what else can you throw at us i've got saturn return
1: (laughs) You know what we should Sleeping do Army. for the first episode of the new year? We should, In addition to like looking back and doing our, our normal horoscope readings, mm-hmm. we should also make a bingo card prediction for the next year. I love when people do that. It doesn't have, necessarily have to be like a bingo card, but you know, okay. just a list. Because we would have gotten people like the government accepting aliens as real. For the past three That's years, true. I feel like I would have just kept putting it on my bingo card and there's like some branch that says yes every time.
0: It's funny because my mind immediately went to like, what are the negative things I'm going to put on it? But we should we should only put positive things on it.
1: Yeah. No, like this person's going to die or anything like that. No, I meant more like I'm going to – I'm not going to say it. <laughs> what? <laughs> I was just get a car accident. That. Yeah. Is that what you were
0: thinking? Well, yeah. I'll put get abducted by aliens because that would be fun.
1: Okay, okay. That's that's the positive one. Yikes, man, Sabrina. What?
0: What? <laughs> I can stop only do so much.
1: <laughs> you have to live. You must live. I know. I, I can't know. be a a podcast widow. <laughs> I need you here. <laughs>
0: I would never want to make you a podcast widow.
1: You cannot. I must have you, you here. You will with not. Me. You will not get in a car ever know. again. I forbid <laughs> you. <laughs> I'm Just sending you a driver. Yeah. yeah, you could get one of those uh those electric lawn board things. Yeah, I feel like that's way more dangerous. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wait, I've what? been seeing. So, sorry, do you have more? To no, say? that's it. Oh, okay, great. That was an excellent story, and it's. <laughs> I want to go there, but also I don't, and now I'm fearful. <laughs> but of now I need to know what you want to ghosts say. ghosts that like might protect me. Okay, there is something, and I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's like a hydro board or something like that. That. E, e-flow, e-flow, E-board, someone will know what I'm talking about, but basically they look, they look like surfboards and they go Ooh. through the water, but they're above the water. So you're actually standing like four feet above the water on this board that looks like it's hovering, but there's a pole in the back. It goes down and then there's like a propeller and it's electric. So you you use it to oh, like propel yourself are they, forward. They're not the water ones. They they are the water ones. No, I mean the ones that like spray water down and like lift you up. No, it's not the jetpack. This is oh. totally different. It like literally looks like a surfboard, and you're standing on the surfboard with like a little remote in your hand. Whoa. And you lean on the surfboard to like like basically decide where you're gonna go as if it was a snowboard or a surfboard. But there's a in the back. Point being is I have a view of the channel coming in from the Atlantic into Boston, like to meet uh-huh. the, the Charles River. And I have been seeing for the past month multiple people with these things. And I'm oh. semi-convinced. I was like looking up companies like, are there rentals here? Like, that's so cool. I kind of want to do it. I couldn't find anything. And also, I've noticed that people go only one direction and then disappear and I don't see them again for like the next two hours that I'm sitting in that seat. So I kind of think that there might be some people in Boston that commute to work on these things. So you're telling me this is my new transportation. It is. You live by the water. I do live by the water. Hmm. Take it out. Pacific Ocean. There you go. Sometimes when
0: I hear like, about things like this, I'm like, whoa, okay. Humanity is really cool because someone took an idea and like created it and made it a real thing. But then I, on the, like, the other hand, I'm like, we have far too much time on our hands.
1: What the heck is up with humanity? It feels yeah. kind of crazy. Although yeah. I will say this one made me think that they're too expensive. I can't afford one. But I was like, oh, this would be such a good thing for everybody in the family to own because Mm -hmm. I'm always thinking about my escape from America or, like, should something horrible happen, how I will survive. I'm a survivalist at heart. Of course. And so I was thinking it would be great to have one because you can carry them. They're not overly heavy. You basically can, like, backpack them somewhere, like, carry them like a surfboard. And so I was thinking that would be great to have if they go for, like, two hours to five hours. You could probably maybe get to Canada. I don't know. Or at least yeah. somewhere closer.
0: Yeah, you could get yeah. to
1: Mexico if you need.
0: If it's like quiet place, the the uh,
1: beings are afraid of water. You're you're better. You're better out there. Exactly. And it's a surfboard, so you can. If it runs out, you just you still have your raft. You still have your float. And then all you have to worry about is like sharks and all those things and dragons. <laughs> so and dragons and curses and wooden boys. But um, at least it's magical. <laughs> <laughs> magic is magic the good the bad it's all it's all exciting
0: yes it's all part of life it's all magic can't be always good sometimes you go no. through your saturn return and sometimes sometimes you do you do but you always find yourself on the other side
1: eventually the planets can't stay in the same spot forever you'll get out of it yeah yeah well that's a nice sentiment to end this episode on <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. i want to hug you yeah. <laughs> We saw a lot of emotions from you today. All good. There was a lot of acting, too. All accepted. I'm pretty proud of myself for my acting Yeah, you did great acting. Thank you. We're definitely going to steal some of that and put put that on (laughs) social media. For sure. For sure.
0: Well – well, if you have been to a haunted castle, if you've seen the dragon, if you've gone to the dragon's cave, if you've seen the doll at Corinne's castle – I'm not going to pretend I know how to pronounce it – or if you have any paranormal encounter at all, please email them to us at two girls, one ghost podcast at gmail.com. We hope you have a magical, wonderful holiday season, mm-hmm. and we love you all.
1: Travel safe if you're traveling. We hope that you find all the good shows, all the good ghost stories, and have all the warmth that you could possibly have this holiday season. Uh, we are here for you other people are here for you you. we love you for those who are on patreon although we are taking a two-week break we're not on patreon you'll have a few extra surprise episodes in there Mm -hmm. so head on over there if you're looking to hear our voices again
0: yep and uh, And thank you so much to our editors at upfire digital
1: for editing our podcast and thank you to all of you for listening we love you and we will See you on the other side in 2023.
0: Woo! Woo! See you next year. Bye. Very spooky.